0: We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. So um, I had a title for today, Carpe Deum, seize the day is what we're going for. And that's what I believe God's talking to us about. So we're four weeks now into our lockdown. And I don't know if you're like me, some people are really struggling to adjust. And um, I've been looking around on the internet to see what advice there's been. Some people have been encouraged, try and keep your daily routine as much the same as possible. So I found this little video. Um, I thought this, this might help us understand how some people have have learnt to keep some things similar to normal. I think that's a good good advice, try and keep things as regular as possible. Uh, I've been thinking about the times that we're facing and realising. It, I was thinking about global shifts and those, those massive events. And I was thinking about uh, September 11th and the two, two planes flew into the Twin Towers and the, the ripples of that, that event have moved out sideways ever, ever since. And we've seen simple things. I could easily guess tighter airport security is just a different world now. It, it led to the war on terror. It led to wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. It's led to increase of government powers at the expense of civil liberties in the name of security. But for America and, and to some extent for the rest, of the rest of the West, there was terrorism on home soils like we'd not seen before. And even for the Americans, they undermining the confidence of we can't win this war on terror. It, our our p- firepower isn't enough for it. And that's led to suspicion and xenophobia. It's changed how a number of countries now operate and think. But then I'm thinking about the uh, COVID-19 and coronavirus. This is a global 9-11 moment. And how might the world look differently afterwards? And I'm always interested in unforeseen, unexpected and unintended consequences. I, I love this video, I'll try and share this with you later, I don't have time for it now, but they looked at what happened when they reintroduced wolves to Yellowstone Park. They'd been absent for 70 years and so while the wolves were gone the deer were just just grew exponentially and so when the wolves came back they killed some deer but they chased deer and the so deer kept away from the ravines where they could easily be trapped and so immediately the vegetation that all these deer were eating started to grow up and as those trees grew up we saw more songbirds return and then beavers came uh, started to the wood and then they started to make habitats for otters and ducks and fish and then you see the number of bears increase because they'd eat the carcasses left over by the wolves but you'd also see them um, eating more berries from the trees so their numbers grew and then they the wolves also killed coyote and that meant that rabbits and mice and birds of prey started to return. The really interesting thing is that the reintroduction of wolves changed the shape of the rivers in Yellowstone. So as there were more trees, there was less erosion, which meant that more pools formed and the rivers meandered less and the channels narrowed. What could change during this time? So there was a a number of things that that we've seen. here's just a few, just thinking about the environment uh, that I want to share with you. Um, Let me just share screen again. So this was the pollution uh, contrasts in Wuhan when the shutdown was to how it was before. I wonder, looking at something like that, what new ideas for managing pollution might look like? I don't know if you heard about the canals in Venice started to clean themselves and they see seaweed coming back, and dolphins coming to places where they, they weren't, weren't there for years. Pandas are able to start mating. Who, who knew, they liked a little bit of privacy. Even in Romford, we're seeing deers returning to the housing estate. Ah, just coming in here, taking our land all the time. And for myself, we, we've seen an influx of rats in our back garden, which is lovely. Just, oh look, daddy, look, the rats are there again every day so we're all enjoying a little bit of the um, the outworking of what we're seeing right now but i wondered what what you guys were thinking about have you seen any unintended or unforeseen consequences of covid 19. so i want you to i'm going to put you into break up group uh, breakout rooms in a second and i want you to think about these questions here and we're gonna broadcast them to you as well so you'll be able to see, see them once you get into your rooms. But let me just tell you those questions right now. So you can take 30 seconds to say hello because it'd be rude not to. But I want you to consider what are the unintended, unforeseen consequences that you can see of COVID-19. It could be positive or negative, it could be short-term, it could be long-term. It could impact us immediately or it could be delayed. And it could be local or it could be global. Okay, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna start again because I don't know if some of that you have just left <laughs> while they're in breakout rooms. So when, when I was thinking about it, um there were a few topics that came into my mind about what uh, what it could look like. So let me just uh touch on some of those. I'm gonna share screen again. Um so I was thinking about the economy. We've got so many businesses now working from home. Um, There's new infrastructure that's being built all the time. Will office real estate value drop? Will there be less commuting for digital workers? Does this mean more family time or does it mean increased isolation? If 15% of our our people meet their spouse at work, will the same work for um, Zoom? And if so, what are the alternatives that are gonna be developed? Is there going to be a further divide between digital workers and manual labourers? Are we going to face another recession of, of reintroducing austerity? Is it time for us to be looking at our budgets and tighten our belts? Will more and more businesses go into administration? What's going to be left of the high street? Will large multinationals go bankrupt? Will nations go bankrupt? Agriculture, is there going to be a food shortage? Is there going to be, uh, how about international relationships? Are we going to be more divided or more united? Even the countries that didn't believe in borders quickly re-established their borders when the outbreak started moving. Um, Are we going to have a global biological uh, NATO where there is a central force that responds to these things? Will we ever shake hands again? What's our mental health going to be like? how are we going to build a resilience? With, with all these things, there's that you could see lots of problems, but I'm always interested in what is going to be the creative solutions that are going to rise up in this, because humans are resilient. But how much more so for us as the children of God? We've got a role right now to help navigate even our bosses through the changes that we're going through because we know that, that God wasn't caught napping during all this. Psalm 121 verse four says indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Hebrews 13, eight says, Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday and today and forever. His promises are just as bankable today as they were yesterday, just as guaranteed. He is still who he said he is. And that's why I believe God's saying to us right now, seize the day, carpe diem. Let's not miss this opportunity, what's in front of us. Ecclesiastes 9 talks about seizing life, and it's saying each day is God's gift. If we call this right now, what we're in, this lockdown, a distraction, that's all it's going to be. It will only ever be a hindrance to us. But we miss the opportunity of today, waiting for tomorrow. God's on the move. We need to get into his into the wake that he's making. So what's he up to? This is the question that we must be asking. Well, God, what, what are you up to? How do we follow you in this? I was thinking about Paul when he was in prison. If he hadn't been in prison, if he hadn't been in isolation, he wouldn't have had to have written those letters. If he hadn't written the letters, we would have a much smaller New Testament and a much less, uh, much weaker understanding of this faith that we found. It forced him to do something that's still impacting us 2000 years later. What's God calling you to do that's gonna impact people 2000 years later? God has put you where you are for today. You are who he's called you to be and you are in the opportunity that he's called you to have. Paul, even though he was in prison, was still saying my spirit is traveling around. Was he just talking sentimentally Or is there something that we've not really discovered? Was there something that Paul was living in that God is inviting us to? The spirit within breaking out, but going and being in places that he physically isn't. I wonder what that could mean for us. We need to think, what has God spoken to us about? He's spoken to us about an invitation to intimacy. He's spoken to us about that spirit within breaking out. You remember my illustration of when I'm carrying my son William around. I've got him in my arms and I'm completely unaware of the other stuff that he's grabbing off the shelf when I'm when I'm walking around. We've got a spirit that lives in us that has its own his own mind and his own desires. And we can find that he's reaching out from us. God's been talking to us about pursuing the birthright over blessing. So how can we use this time of isolation to respond to this invitation of intimacy? How will his spirit reach out from within me and take his interest in someone else? It's interesting. When when we're in times of crisis, you realize you put put your boundary up of, all right, I'm going to care and focus on this within here. This is where my boundary is sitting. Who do we end up leaving on the other side of our boundary? What issues do we leave on the other side of the boundary? Is that okay? Or is God encouraging me to look at myself and expand my boundaries? If his spirit is within me, then I'm going to operate very different to the spirit that's operating in this world. I won't be panic buying. I won't be using this time as an excuse to become introverted. I'm still going to be loving beyond my means. He's prepared us for this disruption to normal life. We were thinking about that as a leadership team. God has been speaking to us about what would life look like without meetings? What if we weren't bound by meetings and then suddenly we find ourselves in this situation where we're having to think about how to express our values in the most appropriate way? I believe God has talked to us about steadying the ship. And now we've steadied the ship. From an unexpected storm, we need to get back on track again. The things that God said before the beginning of March, He's still standing by. So, how do we pursue those things? Unless He's told us otherwise, let's assume He's still set the course for us. How do we pursue that? This is why um, we're doing what we're calling the Bernard clusters. Um, that was talked about in the newsletter yesterday, because back in January Bernard gave us a very stark warning from God about how to pursue the, the birthright over the blessing. God's not finished with that subject yet. And even though I'm we might have been distracted, we need to we need to get back on course to what he's been talking to us about. And we need to make that choices in our own conversations. Life is more than COVID-19. Let's go deeper with our conversations. Let's check what is the development? What is the progress that God wants for us at this time? We need to take control. Otherwise, we'll just go from one Zoom call to another. And believe me, that's what it can feel like sometimes. So my question for you is, how do I seize the day? I'm just overwhelmed with the opportunities and the possibilities that I'm seeing in front of me right now. Evangelism, I've never felt that we've been as geared up as we are getting now. Because everything's now virtual. We, we can, things are shareable much easier. And people are less intimidated to sit in their own living rooms and join something than having to go into a church building. We've set up the welcome lobby, which you should have seen through the, the uh, weekly briefings. But this is going to be much more outward facing. People can come into contact with us. We can share things, we can forward things, we can post things of what's going on. Everyone now is living their life. Virtually. So, how about we reach out to people? Let's share a little bit about what God's doing. Integration. Let's not think that God's not still talking to us about these things. Just before we had to shut everything down, Anthony got those together that wanted to be involved in the welcome team. Well, why would we stop? How how does that value get expressed today? Oh, we've got an awful lot of people that are part of the hub that need to be connected in isn't it easier now to join a zoom conversation or a zoom board game or a zoom quiz and that's the same people that are saying god's put something on my heart to be integrating to reaching out to welcome people it should still be finding its way to be expressed how are you going to do it how are you going to seize this day family life have you not been forced to open your eyes to think oh wow what amazing family i've got or you might be oh gosh i didn't realize that was an issue before we can throw our hands up in the air and and get really upset about it or we could say god you're causing me to see something how do i work with what you're doing right now maybe you're isolating at home on your own again if all we call this time is miserable that's all it will be but if God's been talking to us about intimacy, how do we pursue that? How do we be like Paul, whose spirit was not confined, confined even though his body was? Hosea 2.14 talks about God alluring us into the wilderness, and that's where he has speak tenderly to us. Isn't this a time of him speaking tenderly to us in the wilderness? So my questions for you to consider, God, what are you up to? And two, how can I get in on the act? God, what are you up to? And how can I get in on the act? So I'm going to put you back into breakout the breakout rooms in a second. And I want you to consider what have you heard in what I've said today? And what are you going to do about what you've heard? Okay, all right. So um, in conclusion, you were made for a time like this. As children of the living God, we are more resilient than anyone else. I think of stories of people like Joseph. He interpreted the dream. He saw what was coming and was able to encourage his nation to respond to that. Esther came to the kingdom for such a time as this. I've been thinking about being, being men of Issica, who knew the time and knew what to do. We're called to shine. And we shine as his glory rises upon us. So we've not got to try hard. We're just a reflection that he is still who he said he is. And if he's still shining, we're still shining. We have an opportunity to make a difference. We have an opportunity to bring his hope and his direction at this point in time. But the key thing is we have to seize the day. Now, I've left some questions um, in the email that you would have got this morning. But let me just. share those with you right now so i want you to consider what would it mean for you to seize the day in the context of covid19 how would you need to a think and b act to seize the day and three what steps will you put in place this week in order to move towards seizing the day Those the three questions i want you to include that in your conversations and people that you're catching up with carpe diem on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.